77 the franchise. Whoa, my goodness. Are you kidding me? The Oklahoma. Did you do that real dumb thing that you left at the end of the game because you thought for sure Oklahoma City was going to lose that one? A turnover late and some clutch play by SGA, by uh, Chris Paul, and by Lou Dort. Yeah, I said Lou Dort. And the Oklahoma City Thunder win it in overtime. And uh, Madison Moore is joining me right now. We're going to get hooked up with Brady Trantham very, very soon. But uh, Madison Morris, this is a game that you and I Mm -hmm. sat and watched, and we knew it was over. We knew it was over towards the end, right? There was a bad play. uh, And you want to say a bad call? It was a bad play for sure. James Harden and Chris Paul get tangled up. They call the uh, foul on Chris Paul. One shot and the ball back, and it looked like the Houston Rockets were going to make it incredibly difficult, maybe milk it away uh, from the Oklahoma City Thunder. Like I said, a late turnover, and the next thing you know, the Oklahoma City Thunder, one of the most clutch teams in the NBA, prevail. Yes. And now they are uh, behind in this series 2-1. They make it a series, Madison, because if they were gotten down uh, 0-3, it's basically over. It's basically over, yeah. And they were saying, uh, I was actually kind of reading some stuff about this whole matchup today before this all started, and they were saying that no team in the NBA playoffs, like, ever has ever come back from an 0-3 start. And so, yeah, this was crucial that Oklahoma City really get it done if they want to make a run in this playoff series. And everyone has really believed that they've been able to do this. I mean, obviously, the first two games did not go their way at all. Just some pretty uh, poor decision-making, just some bad, bad basketball here and there but you know what they got it done today and I agree Jerry I was kind of one of those that was looking at this towards the end of regulation and just saying there's no way there's no way they can put together another five minutes of basketball it's just not going to look very good for them Uh, they haven't really been a team to put it together in overtime and so I I don't know I kind of just saw them dying off I didn't really see them becoming anything super great and you know what that's the exact opposite of what they did because they were able to get it done every shot that they were kind of hoisting up there in uh, in overtime was going in they were making a lot of smart calls they had the small ball lineup kind of in there it was awesome it looked good just good thunder basketball being played lots of communication going on it just I don't know I'm like where was this team throughout the entire regulation like maybe none of us would be in this position right now if this had been played in the full 48 before but you know what they got it done in overtime that's all that matters and they're not going to be fighting for their lives on Monday so that's awesome uh remember the uh first day post game uh Thunder Show brought to you by Alan Samuels Volkswagen. Alan Samuels Volkswagen, thank you very much for doing this. Uh, but let me tell you this. First of all, 12-0 run uh, to make it 119-107 here towards the end of the game. In Madison, the key was so simple, right? Take Steven Adams out of the game. Yeah. Are you kidding me? When we first start <laughs> talking about this, uh, this whole series... The key to the series was, Madison, that they were supposed to take advantage of their size with Adams and Gallinari and make them pay for having the small ball lineup. And they cooked that small ball lineup for a long, long time. Oklahoma City not taking uh, the lead till late in the game and uh, late in game three. And and, uh, Madison, this thing was almost over until, of course, MVP Lou Dort (laughs) shows up. That's insane. Just, I mean, talk about the play of Lou Dort, both D 
defensively and yeah. and offensively? Yeah, I guess offensively too because that guy was able to uh, come out and be pretty clutch. I know that today he went 0 of 6 from the three-point line. He was only 3 of 10 from the floor, finished with 9 points. But honestly, where he thrived today was defensively because right there at the start of overtime was pretty much... I, I, like the moment that sealed Lou Dort in the minds of Thunder fans, he was able to foul out James Harden. And I don't want to like say that this could have been a giant factor to the Thunder, like either winning or losing in overtime, like whatever. But I really do think that had a big play because Lou Dort was just fearless. He was so valiant going to um, just kind of going to the rim and just going on different fast breaks. Like he had it going for him. He knew what was up and that's what he's been playing like this entire series. He hasn't been great offensively, but he has been strong. He's been super bold in his uh, kind of like his movements and guarding James Harden. And that's been the biggest thing because starting game two and even tonight, James Harden hasn't looked like this incredible like giant player like obviously he's made some great plays and that's what he does but Lou Dort has kind of been able to put a stop to that and that's huge because you know what right now they don't have Russell Westbrook but James Harden is still cooking and Lou Dort anytime that he's on the floor he's able to kind of shut that down a little bit and that's big for him so yeah I mean kind of wrapping it up Jerry that's just that's big for Lou right now and Thunder fans are just losing their minds over how much they adore this guy. Now I'm going to stop you real quick because I want you to qualify something you're saying. Okay. Okay, James Harden 38-8 and 7 tonight, okay? Yeah, it's big. Uh 12 of 27. Whenever you say that he wouldn't have stopped <laughs> to James Harden, I need you to qualify that because yeah. whenever I look at these numbers 38-8 and 7 what is Lou Dort doing to, quote-unquote, stop this? Well, what I think he's doing is he's putting him in uncomfortable uh, positions because especially in Game 2, I think James Harden only had like 21 points. I know that we're talking about this game, and yes, he did have a high-scoring uh, time, but he also got in a lot of foul trouble. He kind of uh, didn't hit necessarily those shots that he's used to. He was only 3 of 13 from the three-point line, the biggest thing for James tonight was that he was able to get to the free-throw line 15 times, and that's just what he's fantastic at. So, obviously, at the end of the day, that is going to rack you up to about 38 points. Good for James, but also, he didn't. He wasn't knocking down those shots that he's usually so good at. Everyone's always saying, James Harden, three-point shooting god. Like, that wasn't the case today. It wasn't the case a couple of days ago. And I really do think that's a big factor of Lou Dort's defense. All right. That is Madison Morris. I am Jerry Ramsey. This is the First Take Postgame Show brought to you by Alan Samuels, Volkswagen. And uh, incredible. Just an incredible game. If you didn't have a chance to see it, uh, the Oklahoma City Thunder, though, outscore the Houston Rockets 15-3 to in overtime. And just how they got to overtime was just nutty. Um, but the Houston Rockets basically took control of this game uh, for the first half and midway through the third, just pacing themselves, getting it going. Of course, the play of former Thunder Jeff Green oh, once again, just a huge thorn uh, in the side of the Thunder. 22 points for him in 38 minutes. And Madison, for a little while, they just couldn't figure out what to get done. And like I said, when they finally figured it out and the five on the floor, it was four guards and Danilo yeah. that it was really rolling. But to keep things in, I've been, honestly, I've been very, very critical of Shea Gilders Alexander. I've called what? him I've called him soft Gilders Alexander. I look, I'm a I'm a terrible person. All right. <laughs> I'm a sad, sad man, and that's fine. But that guy 
came up clutch, and he came up big. And there were uh, points in this game where he was the best player on the court. No, by far. By far. I mean, that giant three-pointer that he was able to hit at the very end of the game, that was so huge. And, like, I I don't know, that just set the tone for the Thunder going into overtime, especially because, I'm not going to lie, I feel like Shea Gildas Alexander... He's been faltering on his confidence in this entire series. He did not shoot well at all in game one. What do you have, like nine points? I think, obviously, he did a lot better um, on Thursday. But, I mean, it doesn't even matter. You have to show up every single time you go to work against the Rockets because this team is good. They have a lot of good guys in Eric Gordon, P.J. Tucker, and Jeff Green, James Harden. My gosh, they just have... Everybody can make plays, and if you're not going to mentally and physically show up to take them down, then they're going to take advantage of you. And so I really think that was so big for Shea to get that shot today. Kind of like brought his confidence up a little bit, and for a young player who has such a role on the on a team like Oklahoma City, that's what he has to do. He has to hold that confidence and knock his shots down. And so, yeah, that's what he did. 9 of 18 from the floor, 3 of 7 from three-point land, I kind of just said, but... One of those was real huge for them. He was 2 of 2 from the free throw line and finished with 22, 7, and 6. Just good stuff for Shea. And he was also kind of a a pest on defense, having four steals. So, you know what? He played some pretty sound basketball, and it made the difference for them in the end. Okay, so we look at uh, what the Oklahoma City Thunder did. We we focus a lot on what Houston did. Because for two and a half games, Madison, they've basically controlled the Oklahoma City Thunder. So uh, they've played, uh, the Oklahoma City Thunder has played for about a quarter and a half and overtime of really good basketball. And I think that we've seen the best basketball of the Oklahoma City Thunder in that overtime. Now, let's talk about minutes and these guys playing. And tell me if you're worried about this. Uh, 35 for Adams, 38 for Danilo, uh, 40 for Chris Paul, and 48 for Shea Gildas-Alexander. They're going to have to turn around, and they're going to have to play Monday at 3. Do you have any concerns about the minutes that these guys got? Well, for the first part, uh, Steven Adams, he actually, the Thunder put this out in overtime. He did not return to the game dealing with a right knee contusion. Thunder fans, you know this well. Steven Adams has been dealing with knees for years now, and they've never given him any kind of, uh, I don't know, success. So, yeah, Steven Adams did not play his best basketball. He really hasn't in this series, which I think is, you know, that, that does set the stage for Billy to go ahead and throw Danilo out there. They saw success with that today, and hopefully, Hopefully they can learn from that uh, moving forward, especially with this matchup on Monday. So, yeah, Stephen Adams, I-, I don't know if this is the best fit for him. So 35 minutes out there, that was that's a lot. But you know what? Guys like Lou Dort, he had 36. Nilo Gallinari with 38. I think that's pretty sound. And Billy is really going to have to make sure these guys are taken care of. Because like Jerry just said, they have a pretty quick turnaround. Monday, just you know, playing every other day is something that these guys are used to. But right now in the bubble, there's so much competition and so much on the line that a lot can be going through their heads. They're going to have to take care of their bodies. So yeah, especially for guys like Shea, for guys like Chris Paul and Dennis Schroeder, they really had the most minutes played out of this lineup. They're going to have to take care of themselves because they will be called upon on uh, Monday, and they got to get it done. Now, I made a big deal of uh, how Dan Tony only played eight guys in the in game two, and Dan Tony normally is a guy who shortens his bench even during the regular season. Billy going with the eight man lineup himself. We talked about how deep this team is, and you know how they could use these younger guys out there. Billy only going off the bench. Obviously, with Dennis, with 39 minutes, a ton of minutes for him. And, you know, say what you want about 
how bad he shot. He shot two for ten from the three-point line. But he got to the free throw line nine times. And Dennis was really forcing the issue. And, you know, he was he was shooting and, and trying to be aggressive. And then Nerlens Noel and Darius Baisley are the only other guys that got on the floor. And real quick, I want to highlight uh, Darius Baisley just a touch because he got caught in the uh, second and third quarter, especially, I, I noticed it a lot, with a switch Whenever Harden would try to switch Dort and he would switch off to Baisley, Darius Baisley did a pretty darn good job yeah. of a rookie who's playing his third playoff game. By the way, also Dort playing yeah. his third playoff game. Both those guys did an excellent job talking about you know the experience of these guys only having six playoff games between the two of them. In guarding one of the generational scores of all time. Yeah, for sure. And you know, we talked about it. He damn near got 40 and what have you. But whenever you saw plays where Darius Baisley would get switched off to Harden and did not relent and make Harden take a tough shot, I was very impressed with two guys with six total playoff games. Yeah, honestly, I was too, just because that's what they're going to have to do is they're going to have to put together a performance that is just full of confidence to go out there because James Harden, we've seen the past three games. He hasn't let off the gas once. And so Darius Baisley and um, Lou Dort, they have... They, they really have impressed me just with the way that they are able to play defense. They haven't gotten to like super big time foul trouble yet. So that's really great. Uh, you know, that really comes with just split, uh, playing smart defense because if you're going to be reckless out there and you're going to commit all these silly fouls that slows the game down, you're going to find yourself in exactly the same position James Harden did, which was on the bench when his team needed him most. So yeah, that, that's really big for Darius. I think he's had a really good playoff run. I, I mean, obviously he wasn't needed at as much today but if you look at these series that's like that's just what these guys are going to have to understand sometimes when it comes down to it and all the competition is on the line your your role could just be sitting there and letting your teammates go to work and so that's what they're doing and Darius Baisley is doing a great job only played 13 minutes today like you said Jerry but you know what? When he's called upon and his time comes, I, I really do think that he can do great stuff. Now, a franchise NBA playoff scoreboard update presented by Bank 7. Let's take a real quick trip around the association. Four games, because it's the playoff, y'all. <laughs> Let's go ahead and tell you that Milwaukee has now beat Orlando a couple of times. So, all you people that were freaking out that Milwaukee lost to Orlando, it's okay. Chill. Chill. 121 to 107. Brady Trantham, who, by the way, whispers are he's going to join us in the next segment. <gasps> Yay! His Miami Heat looking good. Taking out the Indiana Pacers, 124 to 115. And like we said, Oklahoma City, 119, 107. The late game, Portland on top of the Lakers early. 30 seconds left in the first quarter. 28 to 24. When we get back, the incomparable mountainous Brady Trantham joins us. You're listening to the First Take Post Game Show. To the Oklahoma City Thunder First Take Thunder Post Game Show. Presented by TotallyTickets.com on 1077 The Franchise and 1079 The Franchise Tulsa. Listening to the first take post game show, Jerry Ramsey, Madison Morris. That's two parts of the franchise Thunder Insiders. Let's go ahead and get a third heat. Joining us from the mountains, 
It's freaking Trantham. Brady, how you doing? I'm here, guys. What's up? What is What's up? up? You're going to have to. Up? You're going to have to scream Trantham because uh, your sound. Your sound is soft, kind of like Shea Gilders Alexander. I'm going to say that. <laughs> I knew. Oh my gosh. But, but I need you coming in strong, sir. Uh, I'm going to try. Give us your thoughts on uh, this very, very uh, nerve-wracking win by the Thunder. Okay, so I was trying to set up this technology that I got handed from from our, the Hall of Famer Randy Heights uh, coming up to Colorado. And the whole time I was setting this up, I don't know if you guys actually talked about this in the first segment, but why the hell did Billy Dobbins sit Lou Dort out for the final few minutes until the last possession of regulation? Because it really <laughs> seems to me like Lou Dort is a surefire Hall of Famer. He could possibly be the possibly be the best basketball player on earth perhaps even a hall of famer baseball baseball player at this rate but i, I just I, I don't even know what to say guys i had to go to the bathroom late in the fourth quarter right when lou dort got subbed out because i was like there it is this game's over i already know what we're going to talk about in the post game show we're going to blast billy donovan for taking lou dort out and um, keeping stephen adams in the game and i come back and all of a sudden, the Thunder are clawing back. They get it down. Shea goes Alexander with the big shot from the corner, which I know, Jerry, you didn't like seeing, but it happened. <laughs> Thunder get into overtime. And then Lou Dort gets the biggest offensive rebound, perhaps, in Thunder history and fouls out James Harden. And the Thunder outscore the Rockets 15-3 to in overtime. This is, this is pretty – look, they had to win this game. We all knew that going into tonight. Uh, it's not a normal series where the Thunder would be coming back to Oklahoma City for game three, but it was still just as important. And this, the way the Rockets choked this game away, guys, this could have some lingering effects. If you're a Thunder fan out there, you have to be super optimistic going into game four because the way the Rockets choked this game, it really reminded me of, uh, guys, if you all remember the 2014 Clippers series when Chris Paul choked away a sure fight in Oklahoma City. The Thunder got that game with Russell Westbrook, Kevin Durant, and eventually took regained control in the series. But Lou Dort is a James Harden stopper. I think after two games we can agree. Uh, guys, the Rockets, this was a colossal choke. Yeah, no, no, for sure. I was actually, uh, I'm in total agreement. And honestly, we got to the point where overtime was starting. And I will be the first to say that was my fault. I said something about it, like, way early on in the too. fourth quarter. I know, I always do. And it, I'm seriously at a perfect, like, 10 out of 10 of if I make a comment about overtime, it's going to happen. So I apologize. Okay, that's out of the way. Now, with this overtime performance, Brady, I kind of initially thought, okay, there is no possible way because the Thunder have not put together some great performances in these uh, first three games in regulation. And so obviously with an overtime coming up, I looked at this as they're going to choke it down. There's no possible way this is going to happen. Like, I don't see how the Thunder can put together five more minutes to do this. But then we've been talking about coaching decisions. Billy Donovan throws Danilo Gallinari out there in the five, has a big guard lineup out there. Brady, just talk to us about what you thought about that and how that was super effective. I mean, that's what we've, that's what we've been calling for, for the, like basically before this series began. I think we all kind of fell in love with the idea of, okay, if the Thunder can have Steven Adams out there and play meaningful minutes and he doesn't get played off the floor initially, then obviously the Thunder are going to take control of the series. That hasn't been the case. A lot of the time that Adams has been on the floor, guys, I don't know if you guys feel this way at all, it seems like Billy Donovan is just trying to manufacture minutes for Steven Adams, and it's so apparent that he's not he's not dominating the paint either offensively or defensively. I know he brings a lot to the table with his basketball IQ, but in this matchup, in this series, he's just not going to bring a lot to the table because he's not aggressive. He's not assertive enough. So you have to do something kind of silly with Danilo Gallinari at the five. 
going all the way back to the beginning of the season, guys, which now seems like it was 12 years ago, but all the way at the beginning of the season when they would run those cute little lineups with the three-point guards, Hamadou Diallo at the four, Danil Gallinari at the five. It was a small sample size, but the offensive numbers were incredible. And it, I just remember t- talking to you, Madison, in the tunnel when we would be waiting for these games to end early on in the year going, I want to see more of this. And unfortunately, Hamadou Diallo got hurt early on in the year, and Billy never really went to a similar lineup with somebody else at the four. And I think with the emergence of Lou Dort, you're able to do something like that with all these versatile guards on the floor at the same time. And Danilo Gallinari, who, yes, we know he's not going to bring anything to the table defensively. But when you're playing Houston, they're not going to feed the ball down low to P.J. Tucker. It's just it's the same philosophy that we have when we say the Thunder aren't going to feed Stephen Adams down low. Just put Danilo Gallinari at the five. I don't, I don't know why Billy Donovan refuses to go this way. It has to be like a franchise thing with the Thunder, right? We, we talked about this. I know everybody talked about this concerning Thunder with Kendrick Perkins playing the five in the Heat series in the finals. It just seems like this this Thunder franchise has something to do with having a one-sided center playing against a small ball lineup. It's just simply not working. And in five minutes of basketball, you saw how well and effective a Danilo Gallinari at the five lineup can be. I know somebody we could ask about why Billy Donovan isn't doing this. Let's go to Little Caesars Hot and Ready Hotline. Guys, this is the first time the Franchise Thunder Insiders have been together on the radio in a long Hello. damn time. We have John Ham on the emotional. line. John, how you doing? Uh, by the way, guys, no spoiler alerts. I've been watching DC Fandom all day. So I've been watching <laughs> like uh, the Batman trailer, the, wow. the Justice League Snyder Cut. Um, so yeah, I, I'm going to watch the game later. So don't, don't ruin it. Sorry. John, uh, Brady brought it up. Uh, you saw in the uh, last five minutes of overtime... That lineup with Dort instead of Adams and Gallinari at the five, has Billy Donovan found a, a master lock to uh, figure this thing out? Uh, hopefully. You know, here's the thing is I, I want to I, I provide a little, little clarity here. Billy Donovan is an excellent head coach. The regular season was not a fluke. You can criticize some of the decisions he has made in the playoffs, and it is entirely fair to say he has not coached as well in the postseason as he did in the regular season. We could say this about players. We can say it about coaches. And so, you know, I hesitate to come on and be the guy like, well, I know more than Billy Donovan does, even though I'm not around those guys every day. But with this Rockets team, it just seemed to make sense. And it was something, you know, the lineup you're talking about, three guards plus Dort plus Gallinari, uh, he was hesitant to go to it last game. Uh, an injury may have forced his hand this time. It's a lineup that seemed to have made a lot of sense that seemed like it deserved, you know, give it a five-minute run. Sometime in the second quarter, see what you think, right? But uh, instead, he got it in, in crunch time here and got good results. Maybe we'll see more of it. You're listening to the First Take postgame show on 107.7 The Franchise. John Ham, Jerry Ramsey, Brady Trantham, Madison Morris, the best in the damn business. You're welcome. All right. So here we are, and John, I will piggyback back to you, and we'll rotate through here. You talk about needing this game. If they go down 3-0, I believe it's over in my best Stephen A. Smith. It is over. So the fact that they had that pretty miraculous steal, much like the Boston game, uh, before everything happened, this team sort of manufactures miracles. It was pretty miraculous how they got there. But when they did get there, John, you saw that Thunder team that we all found out and knew and loved during the season. 
Yeah, and I, I do want to push back a little bit just because it's 2020 and it's in the bubble. I mean, if there's an environment where a team could come back from 3 nothing, it, it would probably be this environment. Normally, if you're going you know, from one home court to the other, back and forth, you know, it's, it's unlikely. But, I, you know, this, I wouldn't be shocked to see a team come back from 3-0. Having said that, no, OKC definitely needed this one because, I mean, Jerry, early in the series, you just saw, you know, like in game one, I just, I still have that memory of Terrence Ferguson just slumping his shoulders after hard grain to three on him, right? You just saw, like, this team gave so much effort in game two, and they could walk away saying, what else can we do? And even in this one, they got off to a slow start, and you thought, oh boy, you know, maybe, maybe OKC's just ready to get out of this bubble. But, uh, you know, kudos to them. You know, they didn't pack it in, they clawed back. And uh, maybe they discovered something about themselves that can uh, carry forward here. Brady, want to get to you real quick. And uh, you look at this, you know, you're talking about Billy Donovan's lineup and all that. Uh, at some point, who are you holding accountable, one, for them being down two and a half, you know, two and a half games and just looking miserable? And then is there somebody beside Dort that you've seen that has actually come and made them look good in the last half game? Well, I think as Dennis Schroeder has gotten on the floor a little bit more, he's looked more and more like himself on both ends of the floor. And, I mean, it's probably easy to understand considering he had three scrimmage games after a month of individual and then team workouts once this all started up two months ago. Then he had the Utah game at the beginning of the seeding games where he got immediately into foul trouble and then barely played that blowout win for the Thunder and then went away for the next six games. And this is basically his third game back, his third game basically since uh, the NBA was – really on back in March. So did a shooter on the floor a little bit more, getting more reps under his belt. He's, he's looking more and more like his old self. I, I feel like Harden got away with some ticky-tack. I mean, breaking news, Harden got away with some silly uh, 50-50 calls against Dennis Schroeder. But I like what I see out of him. But, John, just uh, as much as we've kind of been on SGA's back over the last few weeks, even going back to when Dennis was away from the bubble and we were talking about SGA – in regards to him initiating the offense without Chris Paul on the floor. I don't want to put too much into one possession, one play, but him hitting that three to put the Thunder up by one, I mean, that that is the play that you look back on a few years from now and go, that's where it all started. Oh. John Hamm, you still with us or are you petting your dog? No, I, I'm still I, I'm having a hard time hearing Brady. I, I apologize. Oh no 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 problem. He's breaking up there. No no problem at all. Uh, and then Brady, basically, you were saying one more time. You were saying, oh, just SGA's three that he hit. I mean, that's the kind of play that when you look back a few years from now, the face of your franchise. Okay. Him hitting that shot. Yes, the Thunder may very well lose this series. But him hitting that shot, that's what you want to see out of the face of your franchise. The great thing about this, John, he's talking about SGA uh, just being clutch there towards the end. And, that, you know, Chris Paul has been the most clutch player in the NBA all season. But you love to see that your young guys and some of the guys you're going to go forward with, whether you lose this or not, uh, making clutch plays. Yeah, I mean, certainly the, the Shea shot there at the end, that's the sort of, you know, pressure playoff shot. I, I, sadly, there weren't 18,000 fans surrounding him you know, erupting when that shot went in. But otherwise, yeah, you like to see that happen. And look, you know, Lou Dort, we know, I mean, if you look at the box score, you're going to see James Harden with 38 points. You're going to say, well, did Lou Dort actually do a good job on him? Yes, he did. He very much did. Uh, he made it a very difficult 38 points. 
It could have been a lot worse without him. And so I think those two, you, you have to feel pretty good moving forward into the next generation of the Thunder. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think that Shea Gilgis-Alexander, I was telling Jerry this in the first segment, that I think that shot that he made really solidified more of his confidence in this series because, I mean, you guys saw it in the first game, really nothing going there for Shea. In the second game, it was a lot better. This one really was kind of that building block for him to get back into, uh, you know, his clutchness, just his craftiness, all of his skills that he's able to implement in these playoffs to make him uh, so unique for this Thunder team. But, John, I'm also reading some of these quotes off that some people are putting up from the availability one that really sticks out to me is Chris Paul was talking about uh, Dennis Schroeder and I know that a lot of us were kind of down on Schroeder during the series saying like what the heck is he doing some of these uh, boneheaded mistakes that you just kind of wish you could not see in a playoff series especially against the Rockets but he said that Dennis is really you know, he he's so vital to the team because he's able to talk people down when things get so emotional. So, John, I guess my question to you is really just how has Dennis, you know, impacted these guys on the floor Like from what you've seen, even if he does make a few mistakes here and there, just how special can he be for this team moving forward? Yeah, and, you know, something, Madison, that I think tends to get overlooked is what he's capable of on the defensive end. Now, Houston... You know, they, they do this to a lot of guys, and, and I think uh, Ben McLemore, not McLemore, I think Rivers and uh, and Eric Gordon sometimes have gotten way too easy drives of the basket. But, you know, Schroeder is, is another guy that can get up into Harden's grill on, on the defensive end and, you know, at, at least make it uncomfortable for him. So he's competitive. Um, you know, he, he definitely uh, exudes that, and maybe it rubs off on the other guys. And, uh, sure, you know, there are times where, you know, the, the, the previous game where Schroeder was just trying to play hero ball there towards the end. Yeah, that doesn't, that doesn't help at all, but tonight definitely helpful for the Thunder. Okay, they've lost two, they've won one. Uh, which team shows up Monday, John? Yeah, you know, we'll see. There's, there's a couple of things to keep in mind here. Okay, Stephen Adams, supposedly uh, he was available to come back in, but Billy rolled with the lineup that he had. I think we have to keep an eye on Steven. Uh, I, let's let's keep an eye on Chris Paul. I don't know that he'll get suspended, but there was a shot below the crotch there to uh, to Ben McLemore. Uh, maybe it's just like a uh, retroactive flagrant and not a suspension. But those are a couple of things to keep an eye on. Also, you know, after that, um, you know, hopefully again, OKC has sort of figured a few things out with what they can do with Houston here. And, uh, by the way, is Russell Westbrook about to make a surprise appearance now? That's something else to think about. Oh, absolutely. And, two, uh, is he the one that got the tech, right? I had to step up for a second. He got the tech while he was sitting over there on the bench, right? That's what I heard. Was that Dan? Was that Dan Tony? Yes. I, so, so, was that? Maybe it was. Uh, because, again, I, I guys, I was watching uh, Fox Sports Oklahoma, so you're going to be surprised. I didn't see multiple replays of that play in question. <laughs> so I'm not real sure what happened. All right. Uh, speaking of nut shots, I hope you have a good weekend, and uh, we will talk to you on Monday. It's going to be uh, it's going to be exciting thinking about how this series could pipe up, guys. Let's see if OKC can uh, keep it going. All right, great stuff, John Ham. See it. Appreciate it, John Ham, joining us on the Little Caesars Hot and Ready Hotline. Brady Trantham, I'm going to be honest with you. John told me he just didn't want to talk to you. Oh, I know. I mean, who wants to talk to me anyway? I'm not that important. <laughs> so, uh, listen, uh, let's go ahead and do this real quick. Play of the Game brought to you by Alan Samuels Volkswagen. In less than 30 seconds, all three of us need to get it out. 
I'll get mine out. All right. It's Lou Dort. How can it not be Lou Dort? And, bro, he fouled out James Harden. Awesome. Yeah. Madison? Uh, well, you stole mine because that's exactly what I was going to say. <laughs> I know. That's why I started. But, <laughs> yeah, thanks for that. Uh, I guess I'm going to go with Shea Gildas Alexander, just hitting some clutch shots and finally getting his confidence back. Good job. Yeah, I'm going to go Nerlens Noel because he has no business in this series, yet he has still appeared in this series. So good job, Nerlens. You're playing. <laughs> 1077, the franchise. It is the first take postgame show. Bertie Trantham, Jerry Ramsey, Madison Morris. We were joined by John Hamm. I mean, come on. It's the best in the business. It's what you want. The Oklahoma City Thunder, they win and get one game within tying the series and making this damn thing go. You're listening to the First Take Post Game Show on 1077 The Franchise. Last segment coming up after this. Back to the Oklahoma City Thunder First Take Thunder Post Game Show. Presented by TotallyTickets.com on 1077 The Franchise and 1079 The Franchise Tulsa. It's Brady Trantham, it's Madison Morris, and it is TV's Jerry, Hands of Magic. You like that one? No, I don't like that one at all. Do you not like the hands of magic? I feel uncomfortable. (laughs) I'm leaving. It's just you and Brady. Goodbye. (laughs) I'm just, right now, I am stroking the keys of the board. What? Stop, please. Getting us on the air, doing a fantastic job. I, no one gives me credit ever, so I have to credit myself. What what did I say to you during the break? Oh, yeah, you said good job. Yeah, I said good job on DJing. (laughs) Go ahead, Brady. I was just going to say, has Madison complained about me being in the mountains yet? No. Are you gonna Are you gonna cry because he's in the mountains? <sighs> yes, yes, I am. My favorite thing, by the way, have you seen the Instagram picture of him reading the first page of a book? No. Yes. <laughs> Wait. I think. Yeah, I was. I'm reading it at a LeBron James pace, guys. Oh, good. <laughs> good. And don't don't ask me about the book because I have not read it. Well, please bring it to your post game interview. It adds to the effect. One nineteen to one oh seven. The Oklahoma City Thunder. Uh, they beat the Houston Rockets and uh, cut the lead in half, two to one. Now Monday at three o'clock is when they have a chance to tie the series up, and this was supposed to be a great series between the two of them. And I'll be honest, this might be the first like great game, and it was pretty damn awesome. Uh, a couple of things, real quick. Uh, I get I'm getting this from the uh, post game and the Chris Paul uh, media scrum. He says about hitting Ben McLemore. Uh, in the Ben McLemore's, he said, I tried to get him. Uh, I tried to get by I'm sorry. I tried to get by him. It was incidental. I know when I did it on purpose, that was in college. That was a long time ago. I checked on Ben. He said he was fine. I know Mike, Mike D'Antoni, he's going to get mad. He's going to yell and scream. Are we going to see the next like day and a half of D'Antoni trying to get Chris Paul suspended, Madison? Uh, gosh, I hope not. <laughs> that would just, well, I mean, you never know because this series is weird and there's a lot of crying and complaining and that's just uh, my my hot take right there. But yeah, no, that, I feel like there was a, a lot of weird moments like this in that game, but that's just what the series is going to call for. Like, this is a very emotional series. Obviously, Chris Paul with the Rockets and Russell Westbrook not playing right now, but, you know, this is his team. Then I always feel like over the years, the Rockets and the Thunder, regardless of who's on the team, they've always had this chip on their shoulder when playing 
against each other. So now there's a lot on the line. There's going to be some uh, chippiness, if you may. And I love it. I mean, you guys all know I'm a huge fan of sports fights. So I say keep it going. Brady? The NBA is not going to suspend the most important player in regards to setting the entire bubble Orlando situation up. They are not going to suspend Chris Paul. So he might get a fine. He might get a retroactive flagrant, just like John Hamm said in the previous segment. They're not going to suspend him because, remember, the NBA is rigged. (laughs) Excellent point. Excellent, excellent point. Brady, I'm perusing through uh, Twitter, and I see that we have a fan who has a uh, question for you. Yeah, it's a fan from, uh, I think he's covering Arkansas State, whatever that is. But it's a... Our good friend George Stoya, formerly of the OU Daily, did a wonderful job covering OU sports. Madison, this is important, so keep notes on this. Go ahead. Notes taken. And uh, Madison, I want your I want your input first. Okay. Got it. Would you rather be guarded by one Shaq-sized Lou Dort or three Nate Robinson-sized Lou Dorts? Um, one Shaq-sized Lou Dort. I'm gonna take that just because. I don't know. I feel like it's yeah, it's less hands. Uh, You don't have like if you have three people, they can like box you in. I'm super claustrophobic, so just thinking about that makes me breathe hard. So uh, yeah, I'm gonna take the one giant Lou Dort because if I just lift a little bit more, maybe like eat super well, like I can I can bulk up a little bit and uh, take him down. This is the kind of hard hitting questions that we need to answer. You're not going to hear anywhere else. And I'm sorry, Madison, but your opinion stinks. You are wrong. I am not. I am going against three Nate Robinson sized dorts, right? Honestly, they're just going to be like little rocks that I'm going to have to climb over. But you know what? I can still, uh, I can still climb. I can still hike. And that's all you have to do is go over them. I would use my size. And uh, keep the ball above my waist, like okay. my coach taught me. Yes. Use my pivot foot, and actually just look at the basket face up and knock over him. I don't. Do you want? Do you want to? Uh, you want to break the tie here, Braid? Well, I would probably say the Shaq size one, like Madison. Yeah. Because, uh, anytime Nate Robinson's name is brought up, all I do, my brain just goes straight to 2011 Western Conference Finals when Scott Brooks tried to counter the JJ Barea attack with Nate. Robinson. By the way, I knew right then and there I was made for this job because I was sitting around my friends and I told them, if I'm Scotty Brooks, nothing's working. Just throw Nate out there and sit Maynard and Russ on the bench and make him watch. Yeah, make him watch. You know, kind of like my, you know, kind of like Kelly Gregg's wife uh, at the zoo. Make him watch. I think Nerlens Noel needs to watch the rest of this series from the bench. I don't know about y'all. Listen, maybe, I, you know, maybe even Stephen Adams. Like you can start him. You know, just ceremonially start him. But unless he just has a game where he starts off dominating in the paint, he does not need to be playing extended minutes because he is not asserting himself in the way that his minutes would suggest. Like I'm sorry. Like I love Stephen Adams. I know Thunder fans love him, but. Uh, it's just not it's not working right now champ i want you to piggyback off of this real quick madison after i say this but the truth is when we first all looked at the series we thought obviously the thunder had an advantage but we all knew that the three guard lineup was the killer for the oklahoma state thunder we knew the billy was going to have to adjust a little bit little did we know that the thunder couldn't adjust they couldn't figure it out and the best way we found out to beat the Houston Rockets, is to fight fire with fire. And I think Oklahoma City has a pretty damn good small lineup, too. Yeah, no, for sure. And, like, Billy Donovan, he told us before this entire series started, like, 
get away with the whole narrative of small ball in Houston. Like, who cares? That does not matter because what they have is a lot of agility. They have a lot of strength. They have a lot of, like, just they have some go-getters on their team. Like, they have different guys who are able to make plays regardless of their size because they are strong, they are crafty, and they will take advantage of it. And, I mean, Thunder fans saw that in the first couple of games. So, yeah, I mean, Steven Adams, Nerlens Noel, even Mike Muscala, who hasn't really gotten a run in this playoff series, it doesn't matter. I don't think size is a big thing that's going to elevate the Thunder. We have seen that firsthand. So now it's kind of like, okay, well, what Jerry just said, fight fire with fire. Like, throw the small guard or the guard lineup, like the small ball, put Danilo down there, like, see what they can match up against because that – I mean, that worked for them today. That worked for the Thunder. Just put those guys out there, really utilize them while they're healthy, while they still have energy, and just get ahead while you can. Come out firing and don't rely on, I guess, height right now because that doesn't matter. And like three straight games, that has not been a factor that's played, you know, a super important role in this series. So just get rid of it. Get rid of the narrative and listen to what Billy said. That doesn't matter. I want your thoughts on something real quick, Brady. How about uh, Billy Donovan? Only. Rotating eight guys. Uh, we always talk about the depth and the versatility of the lineup that uh, and, and all the guys that Billy has. He basically went Mike D'Antoni and rotated uh, eight guys. I mean, that's that's just what you're going to do in the playoffs. Your rotations are going to get smaller, even with a team like the Thunder, led by Billy Donovan, who loves to play. You know, all the way down to Hamadou Diallo, Abdul Nader. You get to a point where you just know I can count on these guys. But you know, I really want to bounce back to what Madison was talking about, guys. Jerry, and especially Madison, you guys, like, you know just how much a Bob Stoops-led team annoys me. And I'm sorry, I'm going to make this analogy here. The Thunder having the philosophy of let's let's try and counter their small ball lineup with our own type of, our brand of basketball. Let's not just go all in on their small ball thing. Like, that's admirable. Playing Steven Adams, going all in on him game one, I get that. It was really apparent after game one that that wasn't going to work. This, the way Billy has been coaching until basically the final possession of regulation of this game, of this win, it's really reminded me of the 08 Orange Bowl against Florida where OU all season long, undefeated, just cannot lose, except for Texas, they cannot lose on offense with the no huddle. They get, to, they get up against Florida and they decide, you know what, let's, let's huddle. No, stop trying to outcoach yourself. Stop trying to outthink everything. Yes, it's probably not philosophically right to go against Houston and say, we're going to small ball against you. Like, yeah, you don't want to go up against them doing what they do best, but it's clear two games in, Lou Dort can defend with James Harden. And if James Harden is going to be uh, have trouble scoring, they have to pray that Austin Rivers has a game like he did against game two. They have to pray that J- Jeff Green has a game like he did in game one. And we've seen the likelihood of that happening, guys. It's just not high. You've got you've to play your chances here. And the Thunder have a very good chance of not only evening up the series on Monday, but regaining momentum and control of the series if they play Lou Dort more, if they play Danilo Gallinari at the five more, if they steer away from just trying to bully the Rockets, because it's apparent at this point, three games in, they cannot do that. Nerlens Noel, Stephen Adams, they're not able to do that, whether it's because of the officiating, going Houston's way, or just Stephen Adams, Nerlens Noel simply not having it in this matchup. It's just not working. Just go all in with Lou Dort, Danilo Gallinari, 
and ride it until it ends. You're listening to the First Take Post Game Show, brought to you by Alan Samuels Volkswagen on 1077 The Franchise. If you're just tuning in, the Thunder beat the Rockets in overtime 119 to 107, thanks to a 15 to 3 overtime. Uh, that the Oklahoma City Thunder dominated. I have this little chart, the game flow chart in front of me. There's a ton of red until you get into about the third quarter. And then the Oklahoma City Thunder took a small little lead, and then they went back and forth, and it was a good game. And then you look towards the end, and we talked about it. And like I said, if you haven't seen the game, uh, go check out the last couple of minutes because it's pretty miraculous how they even got to overtime. Uh, but now that we're here and we look at this, and we all know, uh, I just... Do you cringe a little bit when the post-game Billy Donovan says Stephen Adams and Nerlens Noel are both, you know, they're both going to be available for game four. And at some point, their size and their rebounding is going to be needed. Does that make you cringe a little bit that Billy Donovan even even now is just saying, hey, guys, I know this is awesome, but. Stephen Adams and, and Nerlens are still in the rotation. Yeah, here's the thing with Billy, and I think that we've all kind of noticed this uh, just in the time that we've covered him. He's never going to speak negatively about one of his guys saying, like, oh, they're going to stay on the bench. They don't have a role in this, yada, yada. Like, you've seen other coaches kind of just, you know, I don't know, take those steps forward and say pretty much whatever they want to say and how they're going to win the, uh, different games. But I don't think Billy is really to that point. I think that he probably did take a lot from this matchup because obviously uh, what we read earlier is that Steven Adams ended up being available, but he decided not to put him back in. I don't know if that really was just to make sure he was healthy or he was just simply happy with the lineup that was out there. But I really do think that Billy Donovan, he's probably just putting that out there just to say like, hey, we have options. We're not going to be solely relying on these guys. But at the same time, I <laughs> I don't know. For the sake of the Thunder in this playoff run, I hope that he's simply just saying that to uh, encourage his guys and enlighten the mood a little bit because, uh, yeah, I don't think Steven Adams and Nerlens Noel have been super beneficial for the Thunder in this series. They just haven't been. Like, all the matchups have been calling for, you know, guys like Darius Baisley and Danilo Gallinari, just different people stepping into the, those roles. Like, obviously, Steven Adams, he had a lot of rebounds tonight, so good for him. That's where he played his role. But I agree with what Brady said earlier. Nerlens Noel has really no business in this series, and that's not necessarily a bad thing. If the Thunder... Uh, can kind of get past this first round, he may play a huge role in the second round. Like, who knows? Like, right now, just work with what you have and work with what's working with you, and then let's cross that bridge uh, after you, if you, can get past the Rockets. Jerry, I mean, guys, I don't... I think it's fairly apparent that the officials are rewarding Houston for their hustle because they understand if they're going to play, if the Rockets understand this, if they're going to play Stephen Adams all this, P.J. Tucker has to bust his ass not only to get down on the other end of the floor, but to get into position to fight for rebounds, to cut off Stephen Adams from getting easy uh, entry passes from uh, Chris Paul. The officials are rewarding that, so you're not going to just bully ball the Rockets because three games in, guys, they're allowing the Rockets to match them at least at an intensity level. And Stephen Adams, God love him. The guy is the strongest guy in the NBA. You hear this from opponents. You hear this from teammates all over the league. He is not a guy like P.J. Tucker who plays above his his weight. And, I I mean, not trying to dog him at all, but I think at this point, three games in, you win a a crucial game three. You're trying to go back and even the series on Monday – 
Steven, you shouldn't play more than 20 minutes. New Orleans, you shouldn't see the floor much at all. It needs to be Darius Baisley at the five. It needs to be Danilo Gallinari at the five. It needs to be some weird lineups because it it was almost the last game of the year on Monday. You can't hold anything back. The Thunder need to look at it that way. Yes, it's 2-1. You need to look at it like it's still a potential uh, win or go home situation. All right, last little segments of uh, the night. Appreciate everything. Appreciate you guys listening. I want to give Thunder fans a look at the future. Right, I looked on the floor, and I was talking to Madison about this. There was a very, very important part in the fourth quarter where you have Darius Baisley and Lou Dort, and they're on a pick-and-roll. Like, they're on pick-and-roll defense with James Harden and whomever is picking. It was Daniel House or, you know, it was somebody else. And I was telling her, that is two rookies that are in their third playoff game in front of a generational score, and they are holding their own. You talk about Dort, you talk about Baisley, and then Shea showing signs of life. And yeah, he you know he he hit some very crafty shots, a couple of fallaways, and that huge three in the corner. But you have two rookies and a guy in his second year that are doing some very big things for you, Thunder fans. After this season. I don't know how long it's going to take to get back to the playoffs, but you have some outstanding building blocks there, Brady. Oh, exactly. I mean, we've known this all all year long. Like what what they were able to do, like in terms of the young guys, SGA, Darius Baisley, Lou Dort. You can even throw Hamadou Diallo in there because while he hasn't really had that much to write home about in this postseason matchup against the Rockets, I think the seeding games can give you enough optimism to lump him in with the rest of the young core, at least moving forward in the short term. There's a lot to look forward to. I mean, the mistakes that we harp on SGA, whether it's his timidness not getting to the rim, it's like this This is all short-term reaction criticism. We know that he's not going to be like that. His, we hope that he's not going to be like that for his entire career. I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt. But, look, a guy like Lou Dort, we've seen this out of the Thunder since they've been a franchise in Oklahoma City. They typically have a athletic two-guard who cannot shoot but is a, quote, elite defender. We've seen that in different iterations with different players. The thing I like about Lou Dort, guys, is he is not a coward. That's true. And you, you can interpret that any way you want. That is a great stepping stone for where you want to get to as a franchise. Is Lou Dort going to be the number two guard? Is he going to be the two guard for the Thunder for the next five to ten years? I don't know, but this is a great starting point. Sam Presti has a lot to work with, and it's a lot of positive things to work with, whether or not the Thunder get beaten in five or if they get beaten six or if they extend this out and win in five or win in six or seven. We don't know. The short term is is all gravy, and it's what the fans are going to appreciate right now, but I think you, you cannot lose sight of the long term, and th- the Thunder have a lot to be excited for for the next three to five years. Yeah, no, I totally agree. I think that right now, the series, it's been a little bit messy. It's been a little bit uh, discouraging, if you are a Thunder fan, just seeing them lose uh, the first two games, but really come back and fight for that third game. I don't know, it's just... There's a lot to take from this series, and I agree with Brady that the future can be super bright for Oklahoma City because they have a lot of young, energetic guys, even people that haven't been making a big appearance in this series so far, like Terrence Ferguson, Abdul Nader, uh, even guys like Darius Baisley, who have been pretty spectacular in the bubble but may just not have that playoff mentality yet. I don't know. There's such a high ceiling for them. I really do think that the Thunder have groomed these guys so well to just excel and to really build and pave a path for everybody who's going to come through Oklahoma City. So, yeah, stepping aside from all that, 
I think that so far it's just been good. It's been a pretty good showing. Like they have a lot uh, left to go, especially with this win today. They're not in such a detrimental situation and they've been able to keep themselves kind of on the radar for potentially moving to the second round. What's new, Pussycat? What's new, Pussycat? Either one of you fools have some stats because I got one. Well, I have one. go ahead. <laughs> I think the one at the highest elevation should do it, right? Go for it. Oh, is yes. that, Alyssa, is that what you're doing? Look at you pulling rank. Stop bragging. Go ahead. I look down on you guys down in Oklahoma. Oh, my gosh. I'll be back on Monday. No, how about this? In typical Mike D'Antoni fashion, we know he's basically like Tom Thibodeau. I'm going to play you 50 minutes in a 48-minute game if I have to. James Harden had five fouls, I think, entering entering the fourth quarter or very early on in the fourth quarter and did not come out. and Or five fouls, excuse me. And look, it bit him. Sorry, there's your stat cat. Damn you, you stole mine. Six. Oh. Six is my stat. Six fouls on James Harden. Doesn't get to play a bunch in the overtime. There you go. Look at that. And look at the it score in the overtime. Absolute shame. It's an absolute shame this game was not in Oklahoma City. Can you imagine the bye-bye-byes, the boo-birds in I Oklahoma love it. City? James Harden fouls out at the beginning of overtime. Anything good? Uh, I mean, I have a, I have one. Okay. Uh, so my fat cat is going to be the bench points. Oklahoma City outscored Houston's bench 35-26. to Majority, and when I say majority, I'm pretty much saying all of them, came from Dennis Schroeder. <laughs> and uh, Houston's bench tonight, they had three guys that came off of it. Ben McLemore, Jeff Green, Austin Rivers. Three phenomenal players who have had really good showings the past two games. They did not at all. Pretty much all of those came from Jeff Green, who finished with 22. So I'm basically saying that Dennis Schroeder, someone I haven't been super high on this entire series, Dennis Schroeder single-handedly outscored Houston's very good bench. So good for Schroeder. Good for you. Good job. Brady, I'm going to let you go first. That way you can go enjoy your Rocky Mountain High. Oh, thank you so much, guys. And sorry I was a little late on the show, but uh, good job as always, everybody. And uh, I will be gone. I will be coming back to Oklahoma on Monday during Game Four. But I guess we are guaranteed another Brady Trantham on Game Five. So yay, everyone's a winner. <laughs> <Woo-hoo>! <laughs> All right, thanks a lot, Brady. See you. Thank you, guys. All right, Madison. Uh, last thoughts. Uh, final thoughts is just way to battle back for the Thunder tonight. I really, I cannot say this enough. I thought it was over, and I'm sorry to be kind of pessimistic when I say that, but they really proved to the fan base, they proved to the NBA, they proved to pretty much everybody out there that they still have a lot of fight in them. So good for them. I think that's going to carry them well into Game 4, which is exactly what Thunder fans want to see. I think that they can make this series so interesting if they can win Game 4 and be tied in the series. That's huge for them. So, yeah, yeah, I, I'm excited for him. Honestly, I think that this has been a fun matchup, and I think it'll continue on Monday. Great stuff, Madison. Just to kind of piggyback off what you said, SGA said about the Thunder being clutch, quote, it's in our nature. There you go. You got to love that. Listen, you thank go. you so much for listening. Appreciate it. John Ham, Brady Trantham, Madison Morris, Jerry Ramsey. Game four, where the Thunder can tie it up and not looking at a 0-3, maybe clinching game for the Rockets. Man, take a breath. Here we go. This could be a series on Monday. Uh, We'll all be here to cover it for you. For Madison Morris, John Hamm, and Brady Chantham, I'm Jerry Ramsey. Uh, Listen next. National Radio next.